everyday finance and economics with the Siglers, the podcast where we discuss what you need to know about personal finance and economics and give you practical advice on how to get started and be smart with your money. We're your host, Glenn. And Christina. Sigler. So, Christina, what's going on in the economy this week? We have just experienced the biggest banking collapse and ensuing crisis since 2008. There's obviously a lot of moving pieces to this, a lot more going on here than I can say. But to put it briefly, Silicon Valley Bank in California announced that it was selling a bunch of its bonds that it had bought during the pandemic at a loss, which led to a bank run because depositors assumed because they were selling the bonds at a loss that the bank had no money. That bank has now collapsed and has been put under the FDIC's jurisdiction. All the depositors will be will be made whole, uh, but the management of that bank has been fired and some are under investigation. This uh, bank collapse has sent a ripple effect through medium-sized banks in the United States, with Signature Bank being shut down and First Republic Bank being saved by a bail a bailout of thirty billion dollars from larger banks like Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, and Goldman Sachs. The credit crunch isn't just in the United States, though. Credit Suisse. Um, which is headquartered in Switzerland, was just bought out by a fellow Swiss bank, UBS, to save it from its own credit crisis. Our economic term of the day, uh, credit crisis or credit crunch. Um, It's a sudden reduction in the general availability of loans or a sudden tightening of the conditions required to obtain a loan from a bank. Now, this doesn't just mean me and you getting loans from the bank. This can also mean banks getting loans from other banks, which can trickle down to just regular consumers like you and I. Um, A credit crunch generally involves a reduction in the availability of credit independent of a rise in official interest rates. So this really doesn't have anything to do with the Fed yet, um, but it's just the banking forces within themselves are having trouble lending money to each other. Uh, So there's just less money to go around because people are um, more weary of lending in light of these recent events. All right, Dad, I think it's time to get into this week's topic. What are we talking about today? Well, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but we're going to go back to one of my favorite topics, and that is taxes. And this time, someone is going to do her taxes for the first time. Yay. Yeah, today, (laughs) as you can see, my enthusiasm is genuine and um, off the charts right now to be looking at this at this tax form the first time as an adult um so yeah that's what that's what we're doing today we're filing my taxes uh some disclaimers i am a college student um and these taxes that we're filing today are very simple we're doing very simple um low-key not that many complicated steps because i don't have that complicated of an income stream uh taxes so you mean yeah. your life's not that complicated christina no as a 20 year old who's only worked an internship it is not that complicated um all right so to start us off um what is the very very first step would you say dad well the first step is collecting all your tax input data that's your w-2s from all the places that you worked uh any 1099s any interest, um, uh, dividends, interest, any of those items. Okay, so let's go through it real quick, real slow, um, for people who these numbers and words are very confusing. A W-2 is? W-2 is the statement that each employee receives from the place that they work. 
and it shows how much you earned, uh, what your taxable income, you know, what what your taxable income, how much was withheld from your uh, income, how much for for federal taxes, state taxes, Social Security taxes, um, and and other items. And so for for wage earners. That's a that's a form that you get. And, and we're primarily focused on wage earners. There's other class of workers out there that that don't get W-2s. They get other forms. But we're talking about W-2 wage earners today. So that's like, would you say, the main form that people that, should be that's, about? That's the primary form that most people are going to deal with. Uh, okay. There are other other work situations where you're essentially a self-contractor and you get get other types of forms. But again, for folks that work at large companies, uh, for the most part, uh, unless you're a consultant, if you are employed by that company, you are a W-2 employee. Okay. And then a 1099? 1099s are forms that you get from um, primarily from financial institutions uh, for any investments uh, or interest. That you receive, like your bank will send you a 1099. Uh, you, if you have any um, uh, any um, stocks or bonds or um, or or things like that, you'll get um, 1099 forms. Um, and, and now, the one thing I'm not certain about is what happens for folks that have things like um, electronic currencies or NFTs or things like that. I, I don't know what happens with that. I'll have to look that up. But um, you know, that that that'll be a special situation. We're not we're not really addressing that today. But for for most financial institutions, you know, folks will get uh these two forms, one for interest, one for for other uh uh other types of of, of dividends and, and capital gains and things of that nature that they have to uh, report on their tax returns. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then a like the interest. That, that's a that's a that's a ten ninety nine interest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah. It just says ten ninety nine yeah. INC. This is from yeah. my bank. Yeah. Um, just of all yeah. the interest that I earned on um what I deposited this year, right? Yes, it is, and I'm sure you're rolling in it. Oh, rolling in that one cent of interest per month. Come on now. <laughs> so okay so now i'm looking at this form the u.s individual income tax return so let's tell people how to get the form right and so and how which um, form to choose let's we'll we'll back it up for a second well Well, right now there's really four individuals there's really one primary form, and that's the 1040 um and it applies for multiple situations so that's the form you're going to go to you can go to the IRS website and download it um, electronically. They, they, you can fill it out right there uh, on your um, on your on your computer. Uh, they are uh, forms are also typically at libraries and at post offices. And so, um, you know, you you can you, you can you can go to those places and pick up forms. Uh, and if if that's what you're doing. Pick up multiple forms so you can, you know, practice on one and 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 and, and work out your issues before you get one that's your um, that's going to be your final final document. And then, lastly, 
you know, there are um, there are there's software that you can buy and it has the forms already embedded in. Um, I, I shouldn't say lastly, but but th- th- I mean, that's what, you know, most people most people do one of those one of those uh, versions. Um, if you are fortunate enough to have someone do your taxes for you. They'll have all the forms um, and they'll they'll need all, all the things that we're talking about today. You'll need to bring all of that material to them so that they can fill out the forms. So and just to go back a little bit, like the W-2s, the 1099s were sent to me directly by yes. my employer. There was no asking. I just like got them throughout the weeks of February. Um, I'm still waiting on one to be finalized, but. Yeah, they're just sent directly to me. They're not trying to make this necessarily hard for you. Just have to keep track of all of them, right. um, because people like to send things in different ways. Some of them I got sent to in the mail. Some of them I got sent to an email. And some and some banks also just send you an email notification. Hey, your 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 tax information is on our website. Come download. And so you have to be aware of that too. That's what happened with my investments, too, because they were online. Yeah. You just have to be aware. Don't delete all your emails. And in general, you're going to receive that material from maybe the last week in January through the month of February. Yeah. Some some things may take a little longer, uh, but that's the time frame you should. It should be before March. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because they want to give you time to file. Um, All right. So here I am looking at this form 1040. Um, and we're just going to go go right through it, right? All right. And the first thing that you're going to look at is what is your filing status? Single. Are you single, married, married filing jointly, married filing separately? Are you head of household? Are you a qualifying uh, surviving spouse of somebody who's uh, your spouse has passed away? They're looking to capture all these situations because there are different tax um, treatments for each of those situations. And so for for the folks that, you know, are in for most of the folks that are doing this, that are in the category that Christina's in, if you're a college student or just starting out, you know, most of you are going to be single. Yep. And so that's the box you're going to check. Mm-hmm. OK, so now we just have a bunch of like straightforward information, your name, your last name, your home address, your social security number. Very important. Um. And that's stuff that you should just be able to zip right through, fill it out. Um, If you're a college student like me, fill out your, like, home permanent address, whatever address you use for your permanent residence, not just your dorm, if that's not your permanent residence. Um, Yeah. And then they're going to ask you some questions of whether you want to to contribute to the presidential election campaign. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Or, and and this year, uh, they have... uh, a specific question about receiving digital assets. NFTs. Yeah. Or whatever that, you know, it could, or whatever. uh, It could be a bunch of stuff. It could be a bunch of stuff. You pick the coin. Yeah. Um, Ethereum. (laughs) Right. Right. Then the next is something that's really important is a standard deduction. Are you going to uh, use the standard deduction? But they ask you a couple of questions. First, can someone else claim you as a dependent? For many college students, someone can claim you as a dependent. Um, there are there are there are some uh, college students that have been um, uh, 
essentially liberated by the by by the state who are acting as adults. Uh, but there, but but there, you know, a lot of college students, and I, I would probably say the majority of them uh, under twenty one that are still um, dependent. That that means they're essentially living, um, you know, with the resources of the of their parents, uh, and so that that's that's very important. I have a question though: Is this like, is this like someone can physically claim you as a dependent, or is this asking if someone is claiming you as a dependent? It's it's really the latter. Okay. You know, is someone claiming you as a dependent? Because that changes their stack tax status too. Because if someone is a dependent, that that really means they're financially that you're um, financially dependent upon that person's income. And for minors, and you know, people are, are are minors for some time and, and, and folks in college can be claimed as dependent um, until they till finishing and, and go on and, and go on and get their own job. That means that their parent can take a tax deduction because, you know, I'm, I'm paying to support my child or, or my dependent. Yeah. So the answer in my case is, yeah, they could, somebody could blame me as a dependent. I don't have a spouse. So that's, um irrelevant um and no there's also some questions about am i blind or is my spouse blind or was i born before 1958 the answers to those would be no and i also don't have any dependents so that's that's a pretty easy section for me um and then but if you do have dependents you put their like their name social security number the relationship and what tax credit you're going to claim but that's not relevant to this specific tax filing and so once you get get through that that those are the descriptors um that that essentially describe that that outline a lot of your tax status now we start getting into filling out the information and christina what's box number one box number one total amount well okay just in the greater income box because that's what we're talking about now Mm -hmm. um the total amount of forms from forms w-2 so this is basically the from however many jobs you worked this this calendar year and well this last, is for the calendar year 20, year. last calendar year for the year 2022 this is for the year 2022 for me it, personally it was two so i was going back and forth between two documents um seeing my seeing my numbers and there's a little box on each of the w-2s that says hey this is the total income you received from this job and then I took that number and I said, all right, um, I'm adding these two numbers together and um, that's what we got. So I put that I, I put that added number. Yeah, right there in that box one A. OK, and then for box one B, household employee wages not reported on forms W-2. Now, this one, this one's kind of tricky because I was it's not like I was looking in other places for this. But again. The, the reason it's tricky is because it's not reported on a W-2. Yeah, yeah. So this you was, got, you this gotta go, personally you gotta for me, go look up, yeah. you got to go look for things. On um, one of my 1099 forms, it said uh, 1B qualified dividends was the number that I ended up putting here. So you got to look on all of your documents that you have, all the documents that are um, – that are relevant to this to this filing for you you got to be very thorough about looking at each and every number and where those numbers should go 
normally they'll tell you like which box they'll go to, but sometimes you got to be a little a little intuitive about well, it. No, well, there's 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 with all of this, there are instructions as to where to go to go find that, and so uh, uh, along with the form ten forty are ten forty instructions. And it tells you which 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 to which items yeah, fit into that category, and um and and so a, as you walk down through this list of items, you're going to see things for tip income if you like worked in restaurants, Medicaid uh, waiver payments, uh, dependent care payments, uh, employee provided adoption benefits. Uh, wages from a form 89. I have a question, though. Go ahead, Chris. I have a question. Where would the tip income be reported? Because if it's tips and cash. Okay, so... That's not going to um, be reported. Christina? Yeah. So I know it's not relevant um, to me, but it might be relevant to other people my age, you know? All right. So, um, that is a... You've touched on uh, on an issue that where where a lot of income gets hit, mm, I see. Because you know, and, and, and it, I mean, there's not a whole lot of ways to report that, especially if the tips are in cash. And so, yeah. if the tips are done on a credit card, there's ways to track that. If the tips are done in cash, uh, all of that money might not get reported. Mm-hmm. And and so that that makes it. Uh, harder to check got it for certain people um I, i'm not going to go into you know the, the right nope. and wrong of that and 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 what what happens to people when you know if there's a material misstatement of tip income that uh the irs can prove i'll i'll We'll leave I'll that. Leave that we'll leave that to another I'll leave, day. I'll leave that for another for another time. Right. Okay. So we're looking at the rest of section one. I guess is not things that necessarily apply to me. I mean, I'm not playing Medicare. I'm not. I don't have dependent care benefits. I don't have adoption benefits or a form eighty nine nineteen. I don't even know what that is. Um. So for me, that was just a pretty easy. Just the W twos and the ten ninety nine information. Just got me through boxes 1A and 1B of the mm-hmm. income part. So now I'm on to, well, 1Z, I add the add all the lines A through H. And so I have my, you know, preliminary number of how much I've earned. But then, wait, there's more. You mean there's more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always more. <laughs> so we go on to section, or not section, we're still in the income section, but like, um, we're talking about interest now, ordinary dividends. These are things that you're getting. This is things that I got from my bank. Um, and then again, the 1099s um, from investment um, investment houses. Um, but yeah, I just I just took those numbers and plopped them right in here. It was pretty simple once I knew what they were talking about. Um, but yeah, I just had the tax exempt interest, or no, the taxable interest, not the tax exempt interest, and the ordinary dividends. But then I didn't have any IRA distributions, pensions, Social Security benefits, or any of that because I'm too young for all of that. And what's next? Um, next is capital gain or loss. 
this is if you sell any investments, right? This is if you yep. only if you sell mm-hmm. investments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally had some things to add here that was on a 1099, and I just took that number and put it right in here. And then now we're already adding um, all of the lines that we just did above here to get my total income. So I just add all those together. And there's like an adjustments from schedule one, which I don't have. So I just, my gross in my adjusted gross income is the same as my total income in that case. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're looking at the standard deduction or itemized deductions from a schedule A. Can you explain that, Dad? So the standard deduction is for this year is $12,950 mm-hmm. for a single person. Mm-hmm. So if you um, are, if mo- for most people, uh, unless you own a house uh, and, uh, and, and have significant mortgage interest or you have um, um, or you give a significant amount of money away to charity, you're going to take the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- why is that? People have two choices. They either take the standard standard deduction or they itemize. And if you know, for for most Americans, you're not gonna itemize unless you have really special situation. And 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 most people with incomes under let's say hundred and fifty thousand dollars are 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 not itemized. It, it it just may not be worth it to them. And so the things that that um that would make it beneficial to you to itemize is if for in your case you had more than twelve thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars in deduction. Well how do you get those kind of deductions? Well are you giving away thirteen thousand dollars to charity? Mm-hmm. Are you paying um more than thirteen thousand dollars in mortgage interest each year? Uh, or or are you paying um, uh, that some combination of, of of all of these things together, including state taxes, um, like property taxes or or or, or state income taxes, which are cap, uh, have a cap on uh, for for federal tax purposes. Um, if if all of your deductions. Don't equal more than twelve thousand nine hundred and fifty or more. You're better off taking the standard deduction. You get a, a, a better benefit. And what the standard deduction does is, right off the bat, whatever income you make, we're going to reduce it by twelve thousand nine hundred fifty dollars because we know you have, you know, you have to live on. So not all dollars are going to get taxed, and so so your taxable income will get a reduction of 12,950 if you use the standard deduction but if you use the itemized deduction you'll have a a higher amount for reduction of income and that's typically uh occurs when people have a lot of income and have a lot of things that they're paying for through um for housing and taxes and other things um okay so moving on i'm taking the standard deduction because i don't have a house you don't have a house that you're paying for not you're not giving not right away now. big dollars to charity i'm not giving away big dollars to charity. not more than 12 12 950 so we're taking okay. the 12 950 deduction um 
and I don't have moving just through the lines. I don't have any qualified business income deduction. Um, so I'm just, I just have the standard deduction. Um, and then I subtract the gross income that I, that I got from all of my forms from the, um, from the standard deduction and get my taxable income, which because I am a student and only work during the summer is zero. Your standard deduction was more than your more than my taxable income. Yeah. Well, listen, I only worked during the summer and Mm -hmm. I was an intern, so I wasn't making the big bucks. Um, But now we move on to the second page of this to get to tax and credits. So um, the tax is zero because we just found out that I don't have any taxable income. So, uh, oh, and also to find this out, we went on the IRS site to the, the schedule, right? Like yes. The, the, yes, there is a yeah. tax schedule. Yeah, on the on the 1040 instructions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a tax table. Depending on your status, whether you're single, married, married filing jointly, married filing separately, or uh head of household, each mm-hmm. one of those has a little bit different tax treatment. And so based on the amount of taxable income you have. You look up the amount of taxable income, then you go across to your 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 tax status, and then you'll there you'll find at the intersection of those two how much tax you owe. Okay. Um, the next, next part is payments. Uh, that's the next section. The next big section is payments. So now we go back to the W two and the ten ninety nines to look for hey, how much tax did they already withhold from me? And so you're going to go back to your two W twos. Yeah. Look specifically at the box that talks about federal tax withheld. It says federal income tax withheld. Right. And you're going to sum up, you know, all the federal ta- uh, tax withheld from all the jobs that you had for that year. Yeah. There's ones, there's a box for your the income tax withheld from your W-2s. There's a box with income tax withheld from your 1099s. And those are two separate boxes. Right. So you add them all up, but you only add them all up across the same types of form. So, and then you add all of the all of the federal income tax that you got withheld across all your forms. The next box is a little bit confusing. It's the it says 2022 estimated tax payments and amount applied from 2020 run return. I didn't file taxes in 2021, so this is kind of irrelevant to me, but Dad, can you explain what this is? So, for many people, they um ha- they either um they earn so much that the 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 tax withheld will not really cover all their taxes mm-hmm. or they earn certain types of income from which taxes are not withheld and so for those particular situations you are are required to you know keep keep up keep the IRS informed of of essentially how much money you're expecting to make uh, throughout through through that year, and so you estimate your income and your tax, and you send them uh, at quarterly payments to keep your uh, tax payments in line with how much money you've received year to date. Uh-huh. Uh, at the at the end of the year, um, when you're when you're filing your taxes, if the amount of money that you have had withheld and have made estimated payments uh, 
to, uh, amounts do not exceed like 90% of, of, of what it should, of, of what your final bill will be, um, mm-hmm. there, there's potential for penalties. And, yeah, okay. you know, so, okay. yeah, so there's, there's two thresholds. There's a threshold of, hey, did you, if, if the amount that you've already had withheld or paid exceeds what you paid in taxes all of last year, you, you mm-hmm. won't pay any, 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 any penalty. Uh, but if you okay. didn't and mm-hmm. you're not within 10% of what your t- final tax uh, burden uh, will be, then you'll pay a penalty. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so moving right along, I didn't have any checks, ch- checks, child. I didn't have any child tax return credits or American opportunity credits. Um, because again, like very, very simple tax return here that we're filing. Um, so my like total other payments and refundable credits is zero because I don't qualify for any. Um, and so we just at the end of this at the end of this payment section, you add all of the numbers that um, it tells you which lines to add. It says adds line add lines twenty five d twenty six and thirty two to get your total payments, um, which is the same number that I started with originally. Um, Okay, and then we move on to the refund section, which is my favorite part, um, because it um, it gives you the instructions on how to find out how much you're going to get back. I don't have anything to add there, because it just says, okay. hey, if line 33, which was your total payment, mm-hmm. is more than, uh, uh, than, than what 24. you have in line 24, which is the amount you owe, mm-hmm. this is the amount you are overpaid. Yep. And since you, the owe you zero, you mm-hmm. get all your money back. Yay. Okay. And then it goes into um, how you want that money back. Um, and, and do you want it all to be sent back to you, you know, this time? Yeah. And you, 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 you thought that was a strange question. I thought it was a strange question, but they ask you at the end, if you want it, if you want to apply it, if you want to go ahead and apply it to your 2023 estimated tax. Um. Just how I found out that your estimated tax is not the same. Your estimated tax payment is not the same as the stuff that was withheld from you. Again, that gets back to certain situations where, um, you know, there's there's a, a certain percentage of your uh, W-2 earnings that are going to be um, withheld. But if you make a significant um, uh, if you make significant amounts of income your tax rate withheld is going to be roughly about 25, 26%. Mm-hmm. But you may really uh, be responsible uh, at, for paying um, marginally 35, 37%. Or you may owe, mm-hmm. you just may owe a lot more tax because of how much money you pay. And so again, like I said before, under those certain circumstances, people are responsible for estimating uh, yeah, I, I know I'm going to make a lot more than is withheld, so I'm going to send money in on a quarterly basis to make mm-hmm. sure that I that I keep the money uh, to the IRS at a certain level. Mm-hmm. So this is in line 36. You can just go ahead and apply some of your refund to your taxes next year, so you don't have to pay the whole thing um, at one that's, time. That's right. Well, and 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 you know. The the one thing about that though is that's essentially if 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 you're not going to owe the money until next January, 
mm-hmm. you're essentially giving the IRS a, a, a no interest loan yeah. <laughs> for a year. So yeah. I, that's not something that I would typically do. You know, if, if I was going to turn around and give them more money, um, uh, more money in, uh, in, in a couple months, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one thing people uh, fail to realize you're, you're going to, you're, you know, you can start paying estimated tax payments for 2023 on April 15th yeah. of this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep. you know, that, that it just that's, depends on how you want to do it, I guess. Okay. So the next section is the amount you owe. Um, uh, but you just subtract the, uh, total payments from the total tax and that's, that's how much you owe. That's pretty straightforward. And yeah, that's pretty, yeah. And then it tells you how to pay because of course they want to get their money. Um, the next section is a little bit confusing to me because I didn't know what well, this meant. Th- there's one I've... thing. There's one thing I want to cover on the amount you oh, owe. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you do owe, uh, if you only owe a few dollars, or for then they, they just say send us the money. Mm-hmm. If you owe a significant amount, mm-hmm. you know that you know likely. So then you've under re, uh, you've underpaid significantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That gets back into the thing that I was talking about. Why you, you know then you didn't make enough estimated tax payments, or you didn't withhold enough. That's when the IRS is going to apply penalty, uh, and so you want to try to avoid that. And if 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 they you you want to get that paid quickly, because one of the biggest ways to get in trouble um, with the IRS is to avoid these things. And you know, I've seen people whose like avoid interest penalty. and penalties are higher than their actual tax bill. So you may have owed mm. a few hundred dollars. You know, the, the the bill was only a few hundred dollars, but you didn't deal with it. And so, if you wait, the longer you wait, the more problematic. And so that's why you need to deal with that as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So. Pay attention to that. Um, next section, the third-party designee. Um, if you want other people to be able to discuss this return with the IRS, for me, that answer is no. But if you have, I guess, a tax person? That's who you would want to put your, in yeah. there. You'd have you know, mm-hmm. a tax payer, um, mm-hmm. a tax attorney, if your situation is, is that complicated. You 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 put those people's uh, uh, names, uh, contact information, and and identification numbers for for those that are are professionals. And then there's also a, se- a section at the bottom for if you have a paid preparer, that's where they fill out all their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and don't forget to sign and date. Yep. You got to sign, sign and, and date. date it. Put your ac- occupation. Yep. And then um, I guess if you're filing online, this is the protection pin, the identity yep. protection pin. The IRS has well, not look, sent me one is, because I'm filing on paper. Look, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't stress this enough. You know, look, you mm-hmm. got to be very careful with this information. Um, right. This has uh, your Social Security number on there. This has a lot of your financial information sure. around around it. And and, mm-hmm. and and I want people to be very uh, protective of this information because th- this is a, a vehicle by which um, identity theft can can occur if, if people get a hold of this information and there are, have been numerous cases where, uh, 
you know, people have gone to file a return and 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 have had their quote unquote refund stolen because somebody filed the return in their name before they did and and got the funds. So, you know, we've got to be very careful with this information. Um, you know, you make copies of it. Yeah, you're, there's a, an obligation to hold on to your records for numerous years after you've after the filing, and then after a certain amount of years, you can you can uh, you know, destroy the records. Don't just you know put them in the trash. You mm-hmm. you need to shred them or burn them. Shred them. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But but you need to keep them for um, uh, it, you know for uh, a minimum of three years. Most people uh, um, uh, go to seven years for holding some records. Mm. Okay. Well, any other um, words of wisdom, Dad? Um, yeah, look, with this stuff, um, you know, I, I, I've said this before. I use the software uh, because mm. it helps keep me up to speed with, you know, what goes in what box and what the new rules are because mm-hmm. tax rules change every year. All and time, you know if, yeah. if you're if you're out there just trying to fill it out by yourself, it can get a little confused. So you know, look for you know the help where you can get it, and and it's mm-hmm. not you know it's not as not as expensive as having somebody you know somebody else do my my doc you know, my uh, tax documents for me, but mm-hmm. it, it, but it, it but it is help. Uh, and, and we've and, talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this last year. When we did, yeah, we text. talked about this. Um, one of our very first uh, series was how to do your taxes, and we talked about some of the um, softwares that offer some free services yep. if you have like simple returns, like me. Um, and there's a lot of resources also out there to help you help you along. But I hope that this was also helpful to just see how quick and easy it can be mm-hmm. because we're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. And be sure to join us again next time. Yes, and if you have any questions for us, you can email us at efespodcast at gmail.com and follow our Instagram at efespodcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, everybody.